Working with Warriors podcast by the team at the Regional Men's Health Initiative. Hello and welcome. My name is Owen Caddo and today I'm joined by fellow team member Terry Melrose. How are you going, Terry? G'day, Owen. Well, thanks, mate. And yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. Look, today we're carrying on with our wellbeing tip theme and talking about physical health and neglectful attitudes. And I, I guess we're just challenging ourselves on why we sometimes have a neglectful approach to the many areas that affect our physical health, you know, including bad backs, prostate issues, skin conditions, hearing, sight, etc. Terry, and there's a bit of science behind that. Yeah, look, we just see as blokes, it, we, we do have a bit of that attitude as, as it won't happen to me and whether you break that down to the way we're hardwired, you know, risk-taking, sometimes we don't fully see the consequences of some of our actions and just acknowledging, you know, socially too, the, the, the really risk age where blokes are least likely to go to the doctors between that 35 and 55 and you think in your own life, I know I'm in that bracket and you think what's going on, you know, trying to raise a family, you know, you, you're sort of in that midst of your the peak of your career I suppose where you, you put a lot of time into work um, paying the mortgage and, and we do I suppose lose uh, track of what what's important in some of those priorities so when we think about a neglectful attitude we use that analogy of, of having a bad back and, and having a, a crook back you know all the guys out there I'm sure we've had some sort of lower back pain or stiffness or sore, soreness and what's the most likely thing blokes will do about it yeah, that's right, Terry. We'll say, oh, well, I'll see how it goes after three weeks, three months or three years. Yeah, and this, this should work itself out and, um, and put up with it. And, and the thing is, if we have the same attitude or treat those other illnesses you mentioned, like you know, prostate problems, noticing something not right with your, your, your testes, um, a change on your skin, kin, skin cancer, bowel cancer, even leaving you know, um, obesity and, and, and over, overweight um, for too long, letting it go on and on, ignoring the symptoms and signs, um, these issues will kill you. So quite often a, a bad back won't, but, but at the same time we've also heard blokes talk about you know, something like prostate or testicular cancer has started. With, with having a bit of a pain that they've just ignored and let go. No, absolutely. And I guess to go straight into it, we we actually in the work we do talk about prostate problems rather than a, a particular issue, but we're going to talk about all those um, briefly today. But I just want to start really by un- having a little explanation on, on our prostate and what it is. And firstly, it's an important part of our male um, reproductive system. It, it, it provides the sticky stuff, <laughs> which transports and nourishes our spore, sperm, so it's a um, pretty important role it plays. Our prostate is the size of a walnut, and just think think about that because that's the average size of our prostate, and it, and it surrounds the top part of our urethra, and, and over our life journey it doubles in size twice, and and it is an issue that that causes a fair bit of grief, and, and I guess if we we talk about it, the, one of the biggest issues around around our prostate is is the enlargement. So there's three areas really that we talk about and that's prostate enlargement, prostatitis, which is an infection in our prostate and or prostate cancer. And and when we talk about um, prostate enlargement, it's the most common uh, prostate disease in men is, a, is the, that enlargement. And it's going to affect all of us as we age. And it's not going to kill us, but it's um, it is going to create 
issues and, and quite often some of those symptoms are based around urination problems so having that poor stream getting up three to five times a night incontinence so retention of urine and getting regular urinary tract infections which is that prostatitis part of it so it can be painful and major effect on on our life and we run into a lot of blokes you know that that think it is something else yeah and quite often um you know, awareness of, of prostate cancer is very important, but those signs and symptoms are quite often only linked to prostate cancer, but we know that's that's not totally true. That's right, Terry. No, we, when we talk about, it's really important to talk about these symptoms as being prostate enlargement and based um, and, and prostatitis, but not necessarily prostate cancer, because when we talk about prostate cancer, I guess we, you know, the biggest problem is that there's no symptoms until it's well advanced. And and rather, in prostate cancer terms, we should talk about what the risk factors are. And, and you know, that, that is family history, so we need to understand the genetics of, of our fathers and forefathers to see if that was in, in the genes. It, it usually is a, a, a disease or a cancer aged in men over 50, but it can be younger. It's linked to our diet high in animal fat and protein and our colour of our skin or race. So so those risk factors are really important and we should be having a discussion with our GP around them rather than the symptoms because quite often blokes will say to me, I'm, I'm getting up three times a night or I've got this and I've got that, I've got prostate cancer, when the most likelihood is that they've got prostate enlargement and then we can go and get some things about prostate cancer that we can get checked specifically yeah look i know there has been quite a lot of confusion and i suppose that can be because a lot of those mixed messages around you know the difference between prostate enlargement those signs and symptoms and the confusion with prostate cancer and even even the avenues blokes should take for early um, detection or awareness and as you said it does start with having a conversation with your GP because as blokes there's not a there's not a a direct test that tells you if you have prostate cancer or not as far as you know uh, through a blood test or even a digital rectal examination so what's the the basic guidelines as as they sit at the moment for for yeah look they're a bit of a moving feast um, I guess but but in general, the consensus now is a common protocol for prostate cancer diagnosis is, is, is first having the discussion with your GP on risk factors, and all GPs will vary on that and, and ask perhaps why you're having a discussion, but I just implore everyone to have a discussion. The PSA, which is the Prostate Pacific Antigen Blood Test, is a benchmarking tool. It's ongoing, and it's kind of moved up the ladder a bit, so that's suggested that we, are based on the discussion with your GP on your risk factors, we should have a PSA test and a lot of cancer survive, prostate cancer survivors just swear by it and it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing I think that we should be getting tested. I always make sure it's part of my bloods and quite often GPs may, may ask why. Then the third thing is kind of moved up the list a little bit is, is the technology around an ultrasound or an MRI. So, so that's really lifted up, up the, the list a bit. And then a digital rectal examination or the old finger test will uh, fits in there, but that's kind of down at number four. Then we'll go to a guided biopsy, and and after that biopsy, if it's deemed the category, I'm not going to go into it in this uh, today's discussion, but then you will either remove, you know, move on to an active surveillance or 
or some treatment options, which are just uh, the technology and the options around now are, are unreal, Terry. Improving, definitely, yeah. And and it's, it is, um, once again, just that basic point of, of having that conversation. With your GP is probably one of the best starting points because it does vary that age and stage. I know there's some guidelines we, around, you know, whether it's 40 or 45, but definitely if, if there's any, you know, that you know, understanding the, the family history is so important, yeah. isn't it? If you have any brothers uncles, grandfathers who have had a history of prostate cancer, then it's, yeah. Look, and it is important to get that blood test, Terry. So say from 40 to 50, you know, I implore everyone to get it, to, to have a blood test, and then after 50, 55, we should have it annually in conjunction with that discussion with your GP because other things affect the PSA, but it still is a benchmark indicator. And, you know, prostate cancer kills approximately 3,000 people in Australia a year, and and I guess one of the, the things that we can do, be more proactive about is is some intervention and that starts with the discussion with your doctor. And just to finish off on prostate uh, problems, I guess one of the common things said to us all the time is in a talk is blokes will come up to us and say, oh, I've got this prostate prostrate issue, prostrate. you know, prostrate <laughs> issue. And I say, listen, if we've got a prostrate issue, we're lying flat out, but we're talking about prostate cancer, not prostrate cancer. And it does create a laugh uh, amongst when we're chatting about it, but it's 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 pretty important to have that discussion about our holistic prostate area and our anatomy with our doctor and, and be aware. And, and as you said about those issues around um, continence or, or lack of continence, you um, inability to pass urine or retaining urine. Uh, One of the important things we we talk about around prostate is that importance of the pelvic floor. Yeah, yeah, be remiss not to talk about that, Terry. Because obviously some of those issues with continence can be linked to a a, a weak or or unused pelvic floor muscles. Absolutely. As blokes, we don't think we've got a pelvic floor, but it's one of the biggest myths around. We've, We've definitely got a pelvic floor. We're not in tune to it like the ladies are, but we just know around many prostate uh, issues and problems to get into some pelvic floor um, exercises and have a chat to you to a physio, especially before we may have treatment with prostate cancer or if we're having treatment with a prostate in a large prostate, we know that um, exercise and pelvic floor is uh, exercises in particular are really important and um, I implore all of us to to have that chat and and, and find out about your your pelvic floor. Yeah, really important set of muscles. And you think about blokes who either whether you're sitting at a desk all day or bouncing around in a track, truck or tractor, you know, we, we all notice a little bit of that pud around the belly and, yep. and, and, and the, the weakening of those muscles can also lead to a whole lot of issues around you know, back problems and, and, and the like. So, uh, mate, now testicular cancer we, we often uh, associate as a young man's disease, but I know I think we were out together somewhere where a bloke in his 40s w- yep. was only recently diagnosed with testicular cancer. So what are a few things we should be aware, aware around that one? The average age for testicular cancer is, is about you know, 30 to 32. Younger blokes get it and older blokes get it, but it's not an 18 or 19-year-old general disease that affects people. So we should just be aware of that. And some of the things around testicular cancer, and we all heard, of, we might have all heard about the, the guy in the bar with the big nut, you know, and, and talking, boasting about how, how, how big it is. But any abnormality, and we tell people in the shower, bloody, you know, check your testes, feel for hard lumps on the outer skin, not... not 
not so as to make your eyes water, but, but to <laughs> yeah, don't squeeze but, too hard. Squeeze too hard, but to make sure you just have a feel and and um, just like you should do for lumps in any part of your body. Yep, and it, noticing any changes is really important, and that leads into that next one: skin cancers. You know, we live in a harsh, warm, sunny climate. Working outdoors, that exposure to that sun, we know, just uh, really increases that risk factor. And and look, I'm a moley, got a lot of little moles and dots, and and a, a yearly skin check is is a uh, key health check for me. Considering that, and growing up in sunny Queensland and and enjoying the beach, and I know with your farming background, mate, um, you've had to have a few little spots checked out. Yeah, look, I have, and and last year I had a bad one removed between the shoulder blades, a, a melanoma. Um, Terry, and it was not picked up by the observant eye, or you know, in basic observations. And I, I've been having a a mole scan skin clinic um, check for the last five years, and I should have started earlier. But you know, the doctor that does those checks said to me one thing, which is really important, and that is that is quite often the only way the experts can tell is by observing change over each year. And some of those things you can't pick up with your own eye. My wife didn't. Ob- pick it up I didn't I couldn't see it so that spot between the shoulder blades is one difficult area you try and um, have a look in the shower and try and identify between your shoulder blades trying to look in the back of a mirror and yeah, it's um a bit hard. it's a bit hard so so annual skin checks when you're over 50 are really important but when we for the blokes that work outside because of melanoma we hear of horrible stories whether it's on 30s, the yeah. doesn't have to between the toes the other day when we we're at a talk uh, you know on the ankles in the legs just doesn't matter but uh, I'm a real fan of of we live in this harsh environment so the normal things wearing hat and long shorts uh, shirts and trying to not get sunburnt and all those things sometimes can be a bit problematic from from just getting a basic skin check and making that as part of our our you know checkup process pretty important now we've spoken about prostate cancer and prostate cancer and testicular cancer and obviously very specific cancers to blokes but one that isn't a, a, a gender-defined cancer is bowel cancer, but there's some pretty abhorrent, uh, you know, variance between the, the the rates of bowel cancer amongst blokes, and and there's a, a pretty significant reason for that, Owen. You reckon? Yeah, look, look, there is, Terry. And I, when you when you think about those numbers, I think bowel cancer kills approximately four thousand people a year in Australia, and say twenty four hundred are blokes, and sixteen hundred are ladies, and and you know, there's no there's no genetic reason for that. And but there is a there is a gender based reason, and primarily is blokes don't give a shit. You know, excuse the pun. But we, the uptake of the bowel screening test is only approximately you know thirty eight percentish. I think I've talked about it before, and and the research goes along the lines that if we could get that bowel screening test um, up to a hundred percent, well then we'll reduce deaths in Australia from four thousand to eight hundred. So that's a really significant change. It's the most innovative test. Once again, I'm, I'm a fan of it because it's helped me. It's had a couple of cancerous polyps removed, um, and I'm, I'm on a three-year screening um, testing regime. Uh, but it, but it's it's a thing that we can all step up to and and make an effort to to improve some outcomes. Yeah, no, definitely everything in context. Now, the last uh, couple of little important things that are really important to our health and well-being, and where we can have that neglectful attitude is is sight and hearing. So, just on that sight, I know you know our eyes are such precious um, commodities to us, mate. But yet, yes, we still see guys, you know, grinding. Even in my neighbourhood, whippersnipping. You know how easy it is for something to flick up in your eyes. Um, 
and and um, just the importance of protecting our eyes, but also you know a really important checkup, getting those sight tests, and um, once again, a lot of eye issues picked up early can be treated yep. and dealt with. No, you're right on the money there, Terry, and and we quite often say you know test our eyes every two years, and if you go to a um, to get your your eyes tested, that's what they'll suggest, and I think it's a really good thing to to get done because you know guys quite often working in harsh environments and um, you know increasing that safety awareness is one thing but it's having that checking thing and I, the second part of that is the hearing what was that what was that sorry much? <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i won't speak too much louder but look the industrial deafness for quite often of these blokes is um and for all of us who's anyone who's worked outside is is really is really problematic because um most blokes uh, older blokes will have that industrial deafness most young blokes are going to be deaf <laughs> when I say young blokes because they've had things stuck in their bloody ears since they were seven and eight and and, and there's a whole lot of research going on that, that at the minute with our younger people um, and, and some of the issues being created by by their use of headphones and, and latest technology. So get it tested. That's, mm. that's the key. We've got to think as blokes a bit bigger of all the flow and effects ignoring these things can have on our, our our social life our relationships and which all impact on our well-being so so I, I think that really highlights that importance of us as blokes just stepping up a bit more when it comes to yeah that neglectful attitude mate yeah because quite often we'll say that you know my wife and my partner's got selective hearing but but really as blokes we all um you know we'll have the tv louder or we'll you know, program ourselves out, and and not to hear, but part of that is because is we're uncomfortable because we're only hearing hearing in a little little bit. So no, important. And I suppose to finish off on Terry to talking about today is just some of the things that we can um, influence about our cardiovascular health because at the at the end of the day, it's still our biggest disease and and it's our biggest killer in Australia. Um, I reckon some of the the easiest stuff that we can influence, but we've still got a long way to go as a neglectful um, approach or with our neglectful attitude of how we can influence our cardiovascular health. So one part of that is is knowing our blood pressure and just remembering high blood pressure is one of the three main risk factors uh, for cardiovascular disease. Now, uh, a blood pressure reading basically consists of two numbers. So the top number, which is usually the higher number, measures the pressure in your arteries when the heart pumps, known as the systolic pressure. And the bottom number, uh, a lower number, measures the pressure in your arteries when the heart relaxes, the diastolic pressure. And look, Australian Heart Foundation guidelines talk about a normal reading being around that 120 over 80. Uh, even a high normal, which we work on at our pit stops at field days, is upper, you know, anything under that 140 over 90. Um, so a discussion to have with your doctor and just remembering the following things we can all do to help keep our blood pressure low. Don't smoke, eat less fat and salt, lose excess weight, and we've got to keep up our exercise. Remember to move more. And I guess the other thing that we should just be aware of is is that family history around our blood pressure and and other cardiovascular indicators, which which do carry some genetics. And we say all the time with blokes is is when do you, and I was guilty of it is when you go to the doctor and he takes your blood pressure, have a conversation and mark it down. 
No, look, and we've covered quite a bit today. There's so much there when it comes to our physical health, um, underpinning why we don't take action, that neglectful attitude. But just remembering too, you know, if we are going to the GP, you know, most average GP consult is that 10 to 15 minutes. So it is important that, you know... Hopefully you don't have to go in to discuss every issue we've spoken about today, but it is important to have a list of, of a couple of key things you want to talk to the doctor about and and, and be direct and, and use that time wisely. And look, if there is two or three issues going on you need to talk about when you're booking that appointment, just ask for a longer consult. Sometimes it can't, can't hurt. As with all the things we've talked about today, make your GP your first um, port of call and, and go armed um, with details and and become informed. I guess that's what we're on about. If we can be more informed about our health, where well, we're going to improve our wellbeing outcomes. Most importantly, too, there, Owen, is is don't let these things become chronic health conditions. Don't let it um, get to the point where the pain's unbearable. Um, the earlier we can get in, the better, and, and that's a big part of our work, that, that um, early intervention and prevention, um, hopefully, uh, can improve outcomes. For, for blokes in regional, rural and remote WA. So thanks uh, for your time, Owen, and uh, cheers. Yeah, cheers to all the listeners. Thanks for listening to our Working With Warriors podcast series. 